Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. You're listening to our series, Faith and the Future. Don't forget to check us out online at www.newhopechurch.tv and follow us on all social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome church family to Church Today. All of our campuses, glad that you have joined us. Today, we begin a new series from the book of James. I feel like I've said that like three times now, and I have. This is our third series in a row from the book of James. We're going through the book of James this summer, if you don't know, and, and I kind of broke it up into uh, sections, uh, subjects actually, and this one that we begin today, we're calling Faith and the Future. But before we go to Faith and the Future, let's talk about our immediate future as a church. As has been uh, talked about already, our movie series does begin August the 22nd. Um, th- th- what I want to talk about here for just a moment is that God has blessed our church family. Now, we got a lot of folks that come to our church, which is awesome. Thank you, Lord. Um, you don't see it as much during the summertime. Okay, but when school gets back in session, it's crazy. And if you just like started coming during the summer, you're, and you can always find a seat, well, praise God. But you're going to notice when we get into August, when school does go back in the session, it gets hard. It gets difficult to find a seat. So what, we, what we're going to do is we're going to start new services, uh, four new services across our campuses. And to do so, we've got to change all of our service times. And so all of this is happening when the movie series begins. You have a card, or you should get a card before you leave. If you get one of these at your campus, it'll have the service times for your particular campus on it. Uh, You take a picture of it, then you give it to a friend that you want to come to the movie series and invite somebody to come along with you. But the deal is, we have to do something. We have to do something (laughs) differently in order to fit the people in, which is a good issue to have, but it's still an issue. How are we going to fit everybody in that's going to come back to church in the fall? So we could just build bigger buildings at all of our campuses. It would cost tens of millions of dollars. Um, And if someone's willing to write a check today, um, I'll wait. Okay, so we're going to add some services and... um, but simply add, adding one service to each campus means we're going to have to switch all of the service times around that we currently have. And speaking of tens of millions of dollars and, and spending more money and all that kind of stuff, you know if you've been around that we have a goal of being debt-free by the end of 2020. Would you like a little update? Sure you would. We paid off the 288 campus a while back. We've already announced that. But this past week, I believe it was on Tuesday, the very last payment for the Alvin campus was sent in. The Alvin campus is debt-free. Isn't that awesome? And uh, the Alvin campus is awesome, and uh, it's crazy because, uh, just so you know, at the other campuses, so you know, that campus seats about 300 people, about 300 chairs in the auditorium. They have, on a regular basis, 1,200, sometimes 1,400 people on a bigger weekend come to that facility that seats 300. What? Because they have so many services and the people there are crazy. People there are crazy. You Alvin folks, cray cray. Okay. <laughs> but awesome people. We love you so much. But anyway, it's been a, a great campus, but now it is a paid off campus, which is good. Isn't God good? 
So keep on praying, keep on giving. I think the next campus to be debt-free is gonna be our Webster campus, then we'll hit our Friendswood campus after that. We're snowballing, snowballing. We'll talk about that when we get to FPU. But here's what the service times are gonna look like. You have yours for your campus on the card. We're gonna keep advertising these, sending them out. The thing that I want you to notice right now is that every campus starts on Thursday night. Thursday night is gonna be the first service of the weekend. The weekend begins on Thursday, okay? 7 p.m., like at 6.30, we're gonna serve, we're gonna try different kinds of food and stuff. Yeah, we're gonna bribe you, we're gonna bribe you. And what I'm hoping is, because we had a Wednesday service and a Saturday service at the 288 campus, we had a Saturday service at the Alvin campus, what I'm hoping is the people from those services will migrate to Thursday, and I'm hoping to take some folks out of the two later services at this time, the two later services at our campuses, and move them to Thursday. <clears throat> I need some of you, some of you, to go on a mission trip <laughs> to Thursday night. The Lord will go with you if you go and uh, go to Thursday night, and we're going to have more time for fellowship. It'll be the first, first service of the weekend. Hopefully, it's going to have a great vibe. I hope that you might consider making that part of your weekly deal. If you go to church on Thursday night, if you go to church on Thursday night, you can go camping every weekend for the rest of your life. Yeah. You go water skiing, you can go golfing Saturday all day, all day, all day, and Sunday all day, golfing, the entire day. Don't even ask your wife, you can just do it. Um, all kinds of good things can happen if you come to church on Thursday. I'm overselling, just stop, okay? So question, will it work? Okay, I, I, I believe it will, but I'm gonna say, Lord willing. Let me tell you where I got that, okay? Today we're gonna to be in the book of James, James chapter four, verses 13 through 17, to see what James has to say about faith and your future. I'm gonna to admit today, I'm gonna to admit this early on in the service today, that I am a doubter when it comes to what people tell me the future is gonna be like. I'm a doubter, I'm a doubter. And, and uh, you know, there are very smart people, more intelligent than myself, who, who, who guess and try to put, together an idea of what the future may look like, but at the end of the day, those are guesstimates. They're making educated guesses. And I have arrived at a point, even with my uh, probably very average intelligence, I have arrived at a point where I often doubt what I'm told is going to happen in the future. I have arrived at those doubts honestly. Let me give you a couple of uh, reasons why I say that. I'm not picking on whether men or whether women or meteorologists or whatever they are called. I am not picking on them, but I do know there have been many times in my life when, when the weather report was 100% wrong, 100% wrong. And pray for the people in Louisiana. Keep on praying for them, okay? Not making light of that situation, but if, if you were watching the news this week, and I know that many of you were because you wanted to know where the storm was going, you figured out they didn't know where the storm was going. Right? There was one moment, I wish I could have gotten a screenshot on my TV, where they had the cone of uncertainty. Notice it's not called the cone of certainty. <laughs> so the cone could literally go over the whole earth, because we don't know where it's going. So, but they had the cone of uncertainty going up our direction, and this is the screenshot I wish I had. There was a question, a huge question mark in the cone of uncertainty. I was like, well, I could do that. I could, I could do that. We don't know. 
well, here's the weather, and just have a big question mark on everything. What's it going to do tomorrow? Don't know. Might rain, might not. By the way, there was uh, one time this spring when a 0% chance of rain, according to the, the weather app, 0% chance, which does not happen too often in our part of the world. So as a cold front had come through, it's going to be hopefully one of those crisp days that we get to enjoy like three times a year, three days a year. And, and it was one of those days, 0% chance of, of rain, and, and I was at my house, and it rained. Literally, there was water falling from the sky. Not a lot, but more than 0%. And it was falling, and I, my wife goes, why is it that it's not supposed to rain today? She opens up her weather app. It still says 0% chance of rain. While it's raining, I wonder, hold her phone up and take a picture of her phone with 0% chance with the rain falling behind it, but I'm not that smart or quick. But anyway, I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb as we begin, and this is where I have arrived at my doubts and just say, people are smart, there are many intelligent people, but sometimes they don't know what's gonna happen. Fair enough? Fair enough, okay. This is happening recently. These signs at Glacier National Park are being removed quietly. Nobody's talking about this. The news has picked up on it a little bit. But they're taking away these signs because the signs at Glacier National Park say goodbye to the glaciers, and they include this line. Computer models indicate the glaciers will all be gone by the year 2020. Okay? So now they're removing the signs. Now, very smart people with very big computers worked on this and came to the conclusion that the glaciers would be gone. But 2020 is like six months away and the glaciers are still there. And not only that, they have grown some over the past year. So the only thing that's gonna be gone by 2020 are the signs. <laughs> Which honestly, good news for our planet, yay, good news for our planet. But it shows you that people don't know everything. Is that safe? Am I okay to say that? People don't know everything. We guess, we, we make educated guesses, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And then there's the presidential election. One candidate was going to win. All the polls said that this candidate was going to be the next president of the United States. And then you remember what happened. This happened. <laughs> you didn't think I'd go there, did you? Yeah. Uh-huh. This is 1948. It's true to this present day. People just don't know what's going to happen in elections. The pollsters do their postering. Just made up a word. And they guess and they ask a lot of questions, but at the end of the day, they just don't know. True? Conspiracy theorist slash Christian, and I use the word Christian lightly here. David Mead predicted that the end of the world would come in 2017. Now, we've heard of these a lot, but I'm picking on him because he was the latest one that I know of. He, say, he said that the mysterious planet Nibiru, Nibiru was going to appear basically out of nowhere, and then it was going to, uh, my words, not his, going to headbutt the world and going to knock us out of orbit, and we're all going to die. That's going to be the end of the world when the mysterious planet Nibiru shows up. That was going to happen in 2020. Guess what? Didn't happen. Didn't happen. We're still here, okay? So he, because it didn't happen, he 
did whatever he was doing, throwing chicken bones up in the air or something to try to figure it out. And he recalculated and came to the conclusion that it was going to be 2018 when Nibiru was going to show up and headbutt us out of the uh, universe. Uh, what, what year is it right now again? What year? 2019. So it didn't happen again. Okay. So here's what I'm saying by all of this. Conspiracy theorists, Christians, pollsters, scientists, whether men and whether women, our best computers and our best computer programmers oftentimes miss the mark when trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future. Correct? So here we go. Now I'm going uh, to flip this over to more of a spiritual question. So. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the future holds. We, do, we just don't know. We can guess. We can make those educated guesses. We can put together all the facts that we think we know and try to come up with an idea of what's going to happen, but we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So since we don't know, is it wrong to plan? Is it wrong to set goals? Well, let's learn from the book of James today with this series faith in the future. Here, here you go. If you've been with us for the other two series, maybe you remember this. James was a little brother of Jesus, a leader in the church in Jerusalem, a no-nonsense guy. And in the text we're going to look at today, he is no-nonsense when he talks about how to face the future, even though we don't know what's going to happen. First, he asked for our attention, verse 13. Now listen to you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to go to this city or that city, we're going to spend a year there, we're going to carry on business, and we're going to make some money. Okay, so what's wrong with that? You're going to see in just a moment that this is sort of a negative comment as he, as he gets into this and teaches, because there's some things that are wrong here that we're going to go through today. But just so you know, the Bible does not condemn making plans. The Bible does not condemn making a legitimate profit. The Bible talks a lot about planning. This hypothetical business person is making the best use of the resources and the time that they have allotted to them. So what's wrong? There are three things wrong, and I want to give these to you on your listening guide, and then I'll come back and give you the God solution that James gives us as well. So on your listening guide, the first mistake that is made is uh, that people often make when it comes to faith in the future is making plans without God. Making plans without God. And then verse 13 again, today or tomorrow, we're going to go here, we're going to go to that city, we're going to do some business, we're going to make some money. Doesn't sound wrong to me. I mean, we're supposed to make plans. We're supposed to support ourselves. We're supposed to make some money. So what's wrong with this? As we go through this passage, you're going to see this immediately. If you read through it before, then you already maybe you know this. This hypothetical business person does not talk about God, does not mention God. God is not included in the planning. Now, the Bible talks about planning. In fact, I have on your listening guide, I have, I believe, three verses from the book of Proverbs where it talks about planning. Let me give you some more. Write, jot these down. If you want to look some up later, here you go, right here. Uh, Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. And then uh, chapter 15, verse 22. Chapter 15, verse 22. Chapter 16, verse 3. Chapter 19, verse 21. Chapter 21, verse 5. Those are all in Proverbs. Here's one from Psalms for you. So abbreviate it PS. PS 20 verse 4. And one more. For, this one from the, the New Testament. Luke 14 28. Luke 14 28. 
Bottom line that you're going to see here when you open up your Bible and you look at these verses is that it's wise to plan. It's good to dream. It's good to set goals. It's a good thing. It's very wise to plan. But here's the key. So long as you include God in your plans. God has to be included in your plans. And that's what this hypothetical guy did not do. He did not include God in his plans. It's sad to meet someone who does not believe in God. It's also sad to meet someone who says that they believe in God, but then they act like he doesn't exist. You with me? That's practical atheism. They say they believe in God. They say they believe in God, but then they don't they don't get any input from God. They get no leading from God when it comes to making decisions or making plans. Planning without God is a mistake. So what's the solution? Also on your listening guide, the solution is include God in your goal setting. Include God in your plans. James shows us the right attitude in verse 15. He says, instead you ought to say, if, circle that word if, if, and then underline this, if it is the Lord's will. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we're going to go, we're going to live, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, okay? So here's the deal. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I think I, I, I got some things I need to get done. I got some things on the to-do list already for this week, a lot of things on the to-do list already for this week. So I kind of think I know what I might be doing this week. But I don't really know what's going to happen this week. You don't know really what's going to happen this week. We don't even know what's going to happen later today. Guess what? God does. God already knows. And so if we're going to plan, instead of just talking to ourselves and saying, what do we want to do? Maybe we should talk to God and say, God, what is it that you want on my list? What are the things that you want me to accomplish it's a, the heart of that little phrase in that verse, if the Lord wills. And I'm not saying this is something that we need to say every single time we do anything. I'll be there if the Lord wills. I'll be there for your thing if the Lord wills. I'll show up for work if the Lord wills. <laughs> the Lord may will me to watch the game. You never know. I, said, I prayed about it, really felt the leading of the Holy Spirit to watch the ball game. It's just how the Lord, he can yeah, anyway. So it could become something that we treat as trivial, as trite, but that's not what he's saying here. He's saying kind of live with this attitude that my life is in God's hands. I'm going to plan. I'm going to make some, some, write down some goals, but ultimately my life is in God's hands. For hundreds of years, Christians used to write the initials DV, D. V at the end of the note. So they'd write a note, they'd sign their name, they'd write DV. DV stands for the Latin phrase Deo Valente, Deo Valente, which means Lord willing. Lord willing. It comes from this verse that we're looking at right now, which should be our mindset about the future and our plans. Yes, plan. Yes, set goals. Yes, make a to-do list. Do those things, but include God in your plans. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. We may make our plans, but God has the last word. Amen? God has the last word. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. We should make plans counting on God to direct us. So according to James, planning without God is the first mistake, but you overcome it by including God in your goal setting. Then he gives us another mistake that people often make. This is number two being arrogant about tomorrow. 
being arrogant about tomorrow. They're just taking it for granted, assuming that we have forever to live, like we've got unlimited time. Verses 14 through 16 now. You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> what is your life? You're but a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. Underline that, arrogant schemes. So, uh, uh, presuming that you have all the time in the world, boasting about it, it, all such boasting is evil. So, that's the exact opposite of what God wants from us. What he wants from us is to depend on him. Now, there are a couple reasons here that we shouldn't presume about the future and assume that we've got forever. Let me show you a couple of things. And by the way, just so you know, this verse right here is right in context of what we've been talking about, okay? So we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, so I want you to circle this. You don't even know. And then I want you to write, life is unpredictable. You don't even know. So none of us knows what's going to happen next year. We don't even know what's going to happen tonight, for real. So all we can do is make educated guesses because life is so unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. Let me tell you something else that's unpredictable. People. And I'm not down on people. I'm a pastor. It would be bad if I was down on people being a pastor. But uh, people are oftentimes unpredictable. Not you. You're perfect. Everybody in church today, perfect. Just perfect. Absolutely perfect. But how many of you know uh, or have been through this that you're depending on somebody and they're a no-show? That ever happened to you? Like you got a family member or a friend and they're like, and, and you reach out to them and say, hey, I'm planning a thing. Can you come to the thing and help me with the thing? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll be there for the thing. I wouldn't miss it for the world. You're my buddy. You're my pal. You're my family. I'm going to be there. Wild horses could not keep me from the thing. And then it's the day of the thing. And they're a no-show, and you call them up. You're like, hey, the thing is happening. Where are you? Oh, something came up, okay? And, and that's how people are sometimes. You, you just don't know. It's unpredictable. And even the weather, as stated, the weather's unpredictable. It was two years ago in the, in the summertime. At the end of the summer, we were planning the biggest day that we were ever going to have as a church up to that point. Um, we thought that on this particular weekend, it was back to school weekend, 2017, back to school weekend. We thought it was going to be the first time when we'd break 10,000 in attendance that wasn't Easter and not Christmas Eve. Those don't count when it comes to counting people, okay? We thought it was going to be one of those weekends that we would finally break 10,000 people. And so we, we rented tents, you know, we rented uh, bouncy houses. We, we were going to bring in a bunch of food. We were going to just have a party for back to school and people coming back to church. And uh, guess how many we had in church that weekend? Zero. Because Hurricane Harvey hit. Zero. We thought we were going to have 10,000. We had zero. I wasn't even here. <laughs> I think the Holy Spirit showed up, and that's about it, okay? But you just don't know. And so when you're looking at the future, you can say, 
Man, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And we could let that frighten us. We could say, oh, you never know. It could be really bad. It could be terrible. Things have gone south before. And we could be frightened by it. Or we could allow the fact that we don't know causes to have more faith in God. We could become more frightened or we could have more faith. I'm just telling you, I know what God wants from you. He doesn't want you to be frightened about the future. He wants you to have faith in him. Let us, let us let the uncertainty of the future drive us to have deeper faith in God. Because here's what I know. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I know who holds that future. Okay, circle this. Circle, you are a mist. You are a mist, and then right, life is short. Life is short. And life is short. No, none of us know how long we have to be alive. Uh, but I do know this, none of us has a long time, and I'm not saying that in an ominous way, I'm just saying when you compare the length of our lives with how long the world has been around or with eternity, we're just like a little blip, man. We're like a mist that appears for a little while and then, and then vanishes us, uh, uh, vanishes. All of us are one heartbeat away from eternity. We get old fast. Am I right about that? You go from diapers to diapers real quick, man. <laughs> Sorry. But how many, how many of you feel like, man, time is just picking up speed. It's picking up speed. It's like every year it goes by faster. Anybody feel that way? Anybody feel that way? They say that happens when you get old. So I don't know what that feels like. Tell me later. But um, just kidding. When it's the middle of the summer, it might as well be Christmas. How many of you felt that? Like when school goes back in the session, it might as well be Christmas. And then when it's Christmas, it might as well be summertime. I mean, time just rolls and rolls, and we're not here for that long. And I'm just telling you, okay? Proverbs chapter 17, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1 says, Do not boast. Circle that word boast. Do not boast about tomorrow. For you do not know what a day may bring. God says plan, yes, but don't boast. Don't be arrogant about the future. And that's the problem that many people have. So what's the solution here? The solution is make plans, but live one day at a time. Make plans, but live one day at a time. And I think this is a problem for the type A personalities in church today, the people who are driven for success, you know, God bless you. But uh, Oftentimes, people who are very driven are so focused on what's going to happen six months from now that they forget the six minutes that they're living in. Or they're thinking about their five-year plan, and they're not paying attention to the five minutes that they have with their family that could be very special. They're always looking past the present, which the present is God's gift to us. We're not promised tomorrow, so we should live in the moment. That's what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. We just talked about being fearful about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. You do this, underline it. Live one day at a time. Now you can have plans. You can have a five-year plan, 10-year plan. Knock yourself out. 20-year plan. That's okay. But don't forget to live one day at a time. That's how Jesus says to face the future. The future could be overwhelming because we don't know what the future holds. It could be overwhelming, but fortunately, here's what God does for us. He gives us the future in bite-sized, 24-hour chunks. 
a day at a time. And then he promises us this. Here's a day and here's daily bread to go with it. That you have what you need each and every day. Here's a day and here's your daily bread to go with it. So you plan for the future, but you can't live in the future. You can only live today. And I'm saying this because some of us get so busy in our heads thinking about what's going to happen. For instance, this winter. Oh, I can't wait till this winter. I got some great things planned for this winter. And when school gets back in session, we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. And we're so busy thinking about that, that we don't enjoy the moments that we have with our kids today. In the middle of this hot summer, we don't plan anything for today. Listen to me, life is short. That's what James says. So don't forget to live it. Then third common mistake that people oftentimes make when it comes to planning and the future. Number three is waiting to do the right thing. Waiting to do the right thing. The right time to do the right thing is right I'm going to say it one more time. Let's just see if anybody knows, okay? The right time to do the right thing is right now. It's always the right time to do the right thing, right now. So says James in verse 17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Check this out. So he's been telling us up here, if you read the verses before this, life is short. You're you're just a mist that's here for a little while, then you vanish. Life is short. Life is precious. Then he says, if anyone then, meaning based on what he just told us, life is short. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and they don't do it, it's a sin. So he says, life is short. So if there's something you need to do, if there's some good that God's calling you to do, don't wait to do it, do it. Now, we often think, he classifies it as sin. We often think of sin as being evil activities. You know, you got your murder, your adultery, your uh, lying, your cheating, your stealing, your slandering, your gossiping. All those things are sin. Yes, they are. Those are technically sins of commission. We commit an evil act. We commit an evil act, sins of commission. James says, here's the sin of omission. The sin of omission is when you omit to do the things that God wants you to do. Sins of omission, where you omit good things. Sins of commission, where you commit bad things. Which are worse, sins of omission or sins of commission? Hey, baby, they're all sin. They're all sin. It's all the same thing. They're all sin. So here's the deal. Um, This means that I could not do anything and sin if I'm not doing the things that God wants me to do. You with me? So the Christian life is more than just not doing things. It's not more than just a bunch of thou shalt nots. If the Christian life was just don't do bad things, then like, for instance, this pulpit right here would be a good Christian. You're such a good Christian. You're not lusting after any women. You're awesome, man. Look at you. Look at you. Such a fine Christian right there. But that's not what the Christian life is. Christian life is not just not doing bad things. The Christian life is doing what God is asking us to do. Okay? James says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do, and they don't do it, it is sin for them. So James is telling us, you don't know how long you have. 
You don't know. And not only is our life short, but sometimes the opportunities to do the right thing, those doors close, those windows close up, and that opportunity only lasts for a little while. So when you have the opportunity to do the right thing, you should do it. The right time to do the right thing is right now. And that's the solution on your listening guide. Do it now. Do it now. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, 28 has the same thought. It says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor when they come by and they needed something and you've got what it is. Hey, 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 come back later. I'll, I'll give it to you tomorrow when you now have it with you. Saying if there's something that you're supposed to do, if there's some good that you're supposed to do, don't wait. Just do it. I love what David said in Psalm 35, or 31, verse 15. Lord, my days are in your hands. Lord, my days are in your hands. Read this with me. All of our campuses read this. Lord, my days are in your hands. And now let's read it one more time, but let's make it our prayer to the Lord, okay? So we're not just saying it out loud. This is an acknowledgement that our days are really in his hands, okay? Let's say it together. Lord, my days are in your hands. And so if there's good that needs to be done, Let's do it, okay? If there's somebody that you need to forgive, God's been calling you to forgive, well then get busy, forgive them. If there's somebody in your life that's been going through something and you're thinking, every time when you, we think about them and you maybe even whisper a little prayer, you're thinking, man, I should probably say something to them. I should probably encourage them. I should probably send them a note. You should probably, but, but I, I'm not, not right now because I got to run by Costco. Maybe later, okay? And we're always putting it off. I'm just saying, right now is the time to do the right thing, okay? So just do it. One of the verses that always perplexed me in the Bible is this one. Today is the day of salvation. When I was a kid and looking in my Bible, I'd read that verse. Today is the day of salvation. I was like, I read this yesterday. And so was yesterday the day of salvation or is today the day of salvation? And Somebody could read it every day for a month and it would say today is the day of salvation for 30 or 31 days straight. Which is the day of salvation? You know the answer? Today, today. So here's how it works. If someone is hearing that their sins have separated them from God, if someone is hearing that Jesus has died on the cross in their place to forgive them of their sins and that they need to accept him, like maybe somebody is today at one of our campuses. Today is the day of salvation and I would push you to the verse in James that says if you know the good that you ought to do, you ought to do it. Get it done, okay? And if you wanna get it done today, prayer partners will be at the front of all of our campuses. If you need to make a decision for Christ, if you need to uh, rededicate, or if you need prayer today, come on down. The prayer partners will pray for you. Please stand with me. All right, bow with me, please. Lord, thank you. Thank you for uh, the words inspired by the Holy Spirit and written by James for us, God, that we can learn, we can grow. I pray that we would not plan without you. I pray that if in our lives there's something that you're calling us to do, that there'd be no more excuse that we just do it and all for your glory, God. Continue to watch over us, bless our church family as we move into our future. 
depending 100% on you. Lord, our days are in your hands, and it's in your wonderful son's name that we pray these things. And all the people said, God bless, guys. We'll see you next time.